0: There are, in our world, certain places that seem to draw on the strange, the unusual, the monstrous. And when you are a hip, young teen coming of age in one of these locations, it doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius, a burgeoning telekinetic, or a social media influencer, your safety is not guaranteed in these dangerous times at chill high
1: On the Lynn residence, currently absent uh, one Lynn, two Lynn's, 1.5 of the Lynn's. <laughs> well, Jeff's there. Is he? Yeah. Why, where else would he be? He uh, lives there. I uh, Mongolia? I don't know. Literally anywhere <laughs> else? His show? I don't know. <laughs> it is currently absent the uh, the 1.75 Lynn's known as the Zeeks, <laughs> but it is not absent uh, one penny and one saber. And one, Vesper Indigo. What are y'all up to?
2: I think while we are waiting on Angela to get here, that Penny is trying to make small talk with Vesper because she really wants them to like her and she is unsure why they don't other than being friends with Zeke and she does understand that a little bit. So I think she's sitting there, like they're sitting at maybe uh, like a kitchen table or something and Penny's snacking on some chips and... She's got like her hands on the table and every now and then she glances up at them and she's just like, so what's your favorite color?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a favorite color. I'm not a child. I
2: feel like you're a purple. What's your Zodiac sign?
1: I'm going to go see if I can find Zeke's dad and I don't know, fix a computer or something. You uh, enjoy your... Food mess. And they just get up and walk away from the table. <laughs> I
2: feel like they're a Scorpio.
3: <laughs> Fiery little baby.
2: <laughs> All right. And then um, Penny is just going to sit and talk to Saber until Angela gets here, I guess.
3: I'm pulling up. Yeah. skirt, skirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound Carson make.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did yep. you just screep screech to two separate stops as you pulled into the driveway?
3: Yeah, I like I'm driving with one hand, mind you. Yeah, no, it's uh, impressive. Because one of my hands got blown up and then the other one is oversized <laughs> and got blown up. So I'm just like trying my best to look like Hitting the
2: horn every couple of seconds. Yeah,
3: like, oh damn it beep beep. I didn't mean that. Sorry, like waving out the window, like trying to say sorry to people. My antlers sticking out of the sunroof still. But yeah, I pull up in Zeke's Linz's driveway. Yeah, driveway. Wow, bridge. And I jump out, and I'm carrying the witch head in my strong hand, and I bring it inside. Um, I don't even knock on the door. I'm just too excited. So I just walk in, and I see Saber and Penny. And I walk in quietly and i look at them and i scream penny saber Angela! <laughs> and Penny!" Angie. And i run over and i grab them both and i embrace them in a hug and i give saber a kiss and um oh yeah but i'm still holding the the dead witch head so i drop that on the floor you like wild mushrooms yeah i'm uh not in the best shape right now
1: you're a little stinky yeah yeah you smell like a basement that got flooded all
3: right let me take a shower really quick here enjoy my mom's head look and she picks it up and she shows it off to um saber and penny
2: your mom's head this is my
3: mom my mom my actual real mom i feel like
2: we have a lot to cover we do you cut your mom's head off
3: look and this is
2: not the mom that was your mom no
3: this wasn't the mom that was my mom this is the one who gave birth to me and she picked Tree up- give birth, got it. <laughs> <laughs> and she just bring pulls up her head and she goes, Don't you see the resemblance? Because we have big antlers. Uh-huh. Um but I'm gonna leave uh my mom's head with y'all and oh. I'm gonna go take a shower real quick. Or if you wanna go uh I don't know, give it to uh where's Zeke.
2: Oh, um you know, ran off again. Um Zeke is going to rescue Dick with heck Sounds like a horrible plan. I was not invited. Oh, but Vesper is upstairs with um, Mr. Lynn.
3: Wonderful. So
2: we can take the head up to them.
3: Cool. Well, I'm going to shower, and then I'll catch you all up with everything?
2: Yes.
1: We cut to a grainy black and white CCTV feed of a cramped industrial security room. Angled from the top ceiling corner of the room, looking down, we see an x-ray machine. We see a metal detector. We see an armed security guard behind a computer monitor. And we see s- standing awkwardly in front of the security guard in a crudely made f- lab coat mm-hmm. the jumbled together forms of two Zeeks in a heck.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: You have just entered. Um, you passed through the security at the door where you scanned the security card of one Vesper Indigo, who you are not.
0: So they say. You are not they.
1: Uh, <laughs> Zeke, I think your old head was the one sticking out of the homemade lab coat, right? Correct.
0: Yeah, old Zeke says, uh, You
1: guys, turn me to face the security guard. I've got this.
0: We can't see which way the security guard is. To the left! To the left! Young Zeke yanks hex hair, and they turn to the left.
1: Yeah, we're still we're still on that CCTV feed, I think, um, and we see this form like awkwardly just like rustling a little bit <laughs> before turning robotically forty five degrees to the left, uh-huh. uh, and then with that, our CCTV footage shot dissolves seamlessly into our actual high definition camera shot of this room.
0: Old Zeke looks at the security guard and says. Hello. How are you today?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm terrific. Uh, Is it uh, Vesper Indigo? Yep, that's me. Child of Meredith Indigo. Uh, Sorry there, uh, Vesper Indigo. But the facial profile from the security camera outside did not come back as a match on your security profile. I'm going to have to ask you to wait right there while I call this into security. Oh, oh. And he picks up his phone and uh, dials a couple of numbers. Uh
0: <laughs> can I say I think Zeke yanks on Hex's hair uh-huh. to try to get uh like an arm up or something to like wave to stop uh-huh. uh and I think uh the arm comes up real fast and slaps the glass of the security booth right down onto the button of the gauntlet Hex wearing
1: Mm-mm. Did I say this guy was in a booth? I don't think I said he was in a booth.
0: Oh, okay. Well, then it uh, hits the button against his body. (laughs) Okay. And I think it, like, on the way up, the button hits his shoulder, and then it comes back down and lands on his shoulder, and so it just pushes this guy straight back and slams
1: him into the wall. (laughs) Okay, so we hard cut back to the grainy CCTV feed Uh of the security camera in this room. And we see the, the choppy, low frame rate replay of you hitting the security guard with the gauntlet <laughs> and him flying backwards and crashing into the back wall before slumping down unconscious. And then we uh, cut back to high def uh, with you in the room, Zeke. Okay,
0: boys, forward! And uh, Zeke marches heck uh across the room not through the x-ray machine or the metal detector and through the next set of doors
1: yeah and as you um, as you move through this next set of doors our camera lingers in the room and it focuses in on that telephone receiver discarded on the floor and we hear coming from the other end of that receiver uh
4: hello sergeant i heard some kind of scuffle send units to the main employee entrance
0: Gonna be
1: fine,
3: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That's what we told you. We said, it's gonna Be fine. We said, Yes, go do the side mission, it's all gonna be fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we support it.
1: We cut back to the living room of the Lynn residence where a freshly showered Angela Atticus Jr. Uh, has just finished filling Jeff, Saber, Penny, and Vesper in on her fairy forest exploits.
3: And so then, um, she just let me cut her head off and. There she is.
2: I think Penny has been holding this head, but her hands are wrapped in paper towels because she didn't want to touch the head. So she's just holding it, arms straight out from her body, holding the head.
3: And I, uh, and also the way that like Angela's telling the story and she's sitting on the couch with Saber's like sitting crisscross and floating like a little bit in front of her. Mm-hmm. And Angela's playing with her hair, but only with one hand. Uh-huh. And then she um, shows everybody, like, oh yeah. And then I kind of just like busted my- this hand. And she just shows, and there's just like fluffing around. Just um, like ragged strips yeah. of
1: like wood and,
3: and. Oh yeah, I guess I'm made out of vines wood. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, I like use my powers a little too hard. So right now I don't have a left hand, but I think it will come back. But um, yeah, so. That's what happened while I was gone, which seemed like I was gone forever, but apparently I wasn't gone for that long. Um, but what's been going on since I've been gone? What's up with y'all? What's been going on?
1: I think Jeff uh, Jeff looks really visibly upset. Oh, shit. Because you just fairly nonchalantly delivered the news that his <laughs> sister and the uh, actual biological niece are dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... He just sort of, like, pushes himself away from the table. And you see his, his eyes are kind of welling up. And he says, um, uh, well, um, I, uh, excuse me. And Uncle Jeff! And he gets up and, uh, rushes out of the living room.
3: Okay. Angela runs after him. Uncle Jeff, wait up!
1: Oh, um, and he's, like, wiping his eyes. And he's not, like, he's trying, like, not to turn his face to face you. He says, uh, and, um... Angela, Angela, do I still?
3: Yeah, my name's still Angela.
1: Okay. Um,
3: I'm still the same. I mean, not, I guess I'm not the same.
1: I just f- looking at you right now. Uh, in my opinion, personally, kind of different.
3: Oh, oh yeah, a little, a little bit. But I mean, I'm still the same person in here. And she like points to her her chest. But I mean, I mean,
1: but I, Allie, the person. I mean, I've talked to her on the phone i've 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 seen her since y'all have been back. That was just some sort of some sort of forest based wood cryptid the whole time.
3: I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't even know what I was doing. I mean,
1: I don't I- blame you, Angela. It's just a lot. I just found out that my sister died in the woods ten years ago. Um That's gonna take me some time, I think to get used to i might have to go hunt chupacabras about it or something
3: (laughs) i understand it's a
0: solution to everything
3: (laughs) i mean i know it's it's weird it's i i'm sorry but i hope that you still see me as your niece and i mean like all those times we talked on the phone or I wrote you birthday cards, like when we moved away, like that was still me. And so I hope that you can still consider me your family.
1: Jeff turns around now and he's crying full on and he puts his hands on your barky little shoulders and he says, um, Angela, I don't know how well you remember, but you and I didn't used to be super close, but since you've come back, everything that y'all have been through, you and Zeke have done, the danger that you've put yourselves in, the risks that you've taken, all to keep each other safe and keep the people of this town safe. That's the person that I've gotten to know, and I think that that person is pretty incredible. So yes, even though you look like a great big weirdo now, <laughs> you are still my family.
3: Angela goes, walks over sheepishly to Jack. And just gives him a little hug. Oh, sorry. I just kind of poked you a little bit with my antler.
1: Yeah, no, it's okay. I I was watering anyway. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Do you mind if I crash here tonight? I don't really feel like being by myself.
1: My home is always open to you. And, I mean, now that we know what we know, I think maybe some kind of wake is in order. Yeah. Once Zeke gets back and we get this spaceship business all sorted out. I think maybe we should uh, have a little celebration of the memories of, you know.
3: Yeah, that'd be nice.
1: For now though, um, I'm gonna go get a baseball bat, and go start scrounging around the woods for chupacabras.
3: Yeah, go get that aggression out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Chupacabras, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems.
1: (laughs) And uh, Jeff heads up the stairs towards his bedroom.
3: Angela her eyes are pretty glossy cuz she feels bad cuz obviously cuz She's had a little bit more time to digest this since she's been in the Fae world mm-hmm. um, and forgets sometimes that, um, just in general, that um, other people are a little bit more emotional than she is. Uh, but she heads back into the living room uh, with Vesper, Penny, and Saber. So, what I miss?
1: Vesper is holding a, a handful of like electronics and a little soldering gun, and they say, um, well... I guess I'm gonna finish repairing this discman by myself.
3: A a what? It's
1: a it's a discman, what Jeff. This? I asked Jeff for something I could help work on, and he said his discman was broken. So what is a discman? It plays compact discs.
3: Penny, do you want a discman? No, we listen to music on our on a on a phone. So
1: you know it plays music.
2: Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you got me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but what did I miss while I was gone Um.
2: well <laughs> Zeke and Vesper worked on the witch head machine how did that go I don't know Vesper how did it that go it went perfectly it went perfectly so
3: ready to put this bad boy in there
1: uh,
2: you're calling your mom a bad boy
3: <laughs> I'm trying to pretend like it's not my mom anymore <laughs> okay yes,
1: frankly I've been considering building a third one and just trashing that old nasty first one because mine is significantly superior in every possible way.
3: Uh, well, I don't know if we have time for that.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, by the time I fix this, Discman.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't even worry. But thank you for making that. Um, You're welcome. Yeah.
1: I will be sending along my invoice and fee. <laughs> um, Just send it to Zeke.
3: Yeah, send it to Zeke. Um. He said that he was covering all expenses for this mission. Good.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to tell you. And then Penny is going to run over to Angela and whisper in her ear that I'm going to
4: the dance with Heck. What? What?
2: Yeah, it's no big deal. I'm, oh my- I don't even remember when the dance is at this point, but I am not going by myself.
3: Ah! Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. So are you and Heck like together together
2: mm, i don't know maybe
3: well this is a great first step <gasps> do you want to go on a double date to the dance and angel looks over at saber and lifts her eyebrows
1: saber says uh that totally sounds awesome and i can't wait uh there's still like a bunch of big time monsters and stuff uh, around. Yes, right? Yeah, yes yeah,
3: yeah. Sorry, I just like want to act like a regular teenager for once in my life. Listen,
1: if y'all want to bail on the whole monster fighting thing and just do the school dance, I'm down. I'm
3: so down for that right now. We can't do that. Yeah.
1: Saber shrugs.
4: (laughs) That was a really good suggestion, though. Yeah.
3: But, okay, so we have the witch head. We have the two machines.
2: Zeke is going to get Dick. I don't know that it will go well. Where's Dick? (laughs) Right. Okay. Right. You weren't here for that, also. Mm -mm. Um, Meredith has him. What? Might be running some tests on him. What does she
3: want with him?
2: That's a good question. Oh, what I was telling you on the phone. There was like an emergency, um, like, city council press conference meeting thing. And since our mayor is a dog, they have appointed Meredith as the emergency city manager. So she is in charge of getting Chillhaven back in order. This and is. she has Dick. <sighs> so that's, I guess, why Zeke went to go get Dick. We also need something from Dick. We have to get something from everyone that's been affected.
3: Well, I guess that that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. And we should probably do that as soon as possible. Yeah, I
2: probably should have led with that.
3: But um, as I am a little beat up, she waves her Mm. little woody stringy hand Uh around, I think I need to rest up and regain my strength a little bit. But first thing tomorrow, I am down to collect all these items so that we can get time all figured out and back on track. Yeah, But... Let me just do some digging on the internet. I have some friends who are really into, like, spooky shit that happens here in Chillhaven. And they, like, sit there and dig all this stuff up. So let me just contact some people. I'll find out if we can find out the houses. And, yeah. I'll just start on that. Okay. So Angela's gonna plop down on the couch and get on her phone and probably open up Friend Town and reach out to some of her contacts just to see so she this isn't like a post to like everybody but she sends it out to a select like um group of friends that she knows and she just says like hey I'm trying to do um or trying to get some more information about the spaceship that crashed the other week um I know two of the people that had pieces of the spaceship that fell into their backyard but I'm looking for the other two people because I would love to talk to them and find out some more information um, can you post posted if you know anything Angela so. okay.
1: dash yes, Angela, Angela. alright we cut back to the Zeke's Zeke you step over the unconscious body of the security guard and uh, through the door beyond the security screening room and you find yourself in a uh, unremarkable sterile corporate hallway you hear the sounds of like people talking and kind of business going on down the hall to your right which would lead you to the uh, the front the main entrance mm-hmm. you see a few unremarkable closed office doors and then from your left down the hallway you hear the distinctive sounds of science goons marching and indistinctive chatter into walkie-talkies okay As I said before, there are office doors lining this hallway. One of those doors bursts open, and you see just beyond it uh, a stairwell leading down into the lab, and coming out of the door, a lone hazmat-suited science goon uh, who immediately locks, well, not eyes, but locks their attention on you.
0: Zeke is immediately going to uh just I think young Zeke is just gonna start yanking Heck's hair and feeling around wildly for like a clipboard or something nearby that might be outside one of the doors to the rooms.
1: Yeah, you um without verbally communicating this to Heck, you yank on Heck's hair in the hope that he will reach up and grab a clipboard off of the wall. Mm-hmm. What happens instead, I think, is much like he did in that security area, Heck flails a little bit too hard with his arms and ends up knocking you, Zeke, and you, Zeke, off of oh no. himself. Oh no, wait. <laughs> and out of the lab go, and your little body and two heads crash and splay out on the floor, right as the rest of these science goons, led by the cheap suited man, make their way around the corner and spot you ah oh! <laughs> oh. oh oh God I'm sorry I didn't know what you were just pulling my hair I didn't know what you were trying to do uh,
0: no it's my fault I'm sorry I panicked it's okay it's all right oh jeez! hey heck why don't you uh
1: put we found him get him
0: Yep, okay. Heck, put your shoulder on that goon. Put your hand on that. (laughs) Heck, why don't you uh, go ahead and put your hand on that goon's shoulder right there? And he points to the goon who's peeking out of the stairwell.
1: Heck places his football gauntlet on the shoulder of the science goon who emerged from the stairwell. And uh, this science goon is blasted backwards towards that staircase but not before it is able to lift up its gloved, hazmat-suited hand, which just like other, the other science goons that you've encountered, has all of those little kind of open valves at the end of the fingers of the glove, uh-huh. and expel some of this green gas that you've seen emerge from these science goons before. He manages to expel it directly in your faces, Zeke, and moments later, you feel your connection with reality Severing and the world going dark. Oh no. (laughs) As you go unconscious.
0: Good night. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. Goon gas. Don't like that. Smells like a litter box. I hate it. Ooh. Woozy. Getting woozy. Oh, I think I know what's gonna
1: happen. And then they fall over. Unseen. We cut to the following morning at the residence typically of one Zeke Lynn. Lately, I've been the residence of two Zeke Lynn's. Right now, the only Lynn it's the the only Lynn the only <laughs> Lynn that's residing there is Jeff. But what's this? There's a bunch of other more people there?
2: Hi. Oh it's uh, us.
1: Angela and Penny, after yet another night spent uh, at Zeke's house. What are you all doing today?
3: Uh, Angela got up early. She went to bed early, and she woke up early, per usual, and she is downstairs making, with Sophia's help, making breakfast tofu dogs. Can't wait. Yeah, for everyone in our mission today. Okay. Um, so Angela's feeling refreshed and ready to get some food into everybody so we can start doing stuff.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we open on um, the Lynn kitchen. I think there's three or four different Sophia GoGo Gadget arms sticking out of the various iris doors around the kitchen. Uh, we see a waffle maker going with like waffle mix goo dripping out of it. We see like a blender rocking around on one of the kitchen shelves. We see a big pan full of yellow egg substance uh, and we see Sophia uh, with two of her arms just like rapidly chopping up tofu dogs into little pieces and then with a third one of her arms just like with a spatula flipping them over to Angela who's like mixing them into her big pan of eggs
3: <laughs> so it's like gonna be a tofu scrambled dog
1: We said breakfast tofu dogs
3: yeah I was thinking like eggs on my tofu dog like I have my tofu dog it's fine Okay, I'm glad it's fine. (laughs) 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 I'll I'll let it go. And I'm waiting for the gang to wake up.
1: Okay.
2: Um, Yeah, I think Penny um, wakes up and rushes downstairs with the coat and hat that she made for Angela
3: to proudly show it to her. Angela! Penny! Good morning. I'm making you a special breakfast tofu dog.
2: I'm helping. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Sophia.
3: We need a lot of protein today for our mission that we're going on, because we have a lot of shit to do.
2: Speaking of, um, since we cannot let our um, weird features be seen, Mm -hmm. um, I made you a little little number.
3: Okay, show it to me.
2: Okay, so I took your lab coat, and I just made the sleeves longer. Here you go.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then... I made you this cool hat. Woo! Um Angela like bends her head down a little so that Penny can put her hat on for her.
1: Pink. What does the hat look like?
3: It's one of those like uh umbrella hats. Oh, right, right. I remember <laughs> that
4: one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Okay. Okay. It's,
2: it's raining, right? Mm-hmm. So no one will think it's weird. No,
3: nobody. And it's uh, you know, it's the Pacific Northwest. It's quirky here. Yeah. We're cool. Um, I So Angela tries on her outfit and she says, thank you, Penny. Yeah, I definitely think no one will stare at me with this huge umbrella hat on, but.
1: Uh, You hear from behind you Saber say, "Um, I don't think you're supposed to open that thing indoors. And She just kind of floats into the kitchen.
3: Are you superstitious?
1: I'm a ghost.
3: Oh, yeah. And I guess we're a bunch of different things. So I mean, it
1: makes sense to cover our bases, right? Like if ghosts and demons are real, like, how do we know walking under ladders and stuff isn't?
3: Okay, that's true. And then Angela takes off her uh, umbrella hat and puts it down. Thank you, Penny, so, so much. I think this will help. What are you going to wear? This hat. Okay, perfect. And then, yeah, I guess that covers your eyeball. Yeah, I'm normal mm-hmm.
2: otherwise. Yeah. Well, people know that these eyes, are they've always been mine, right? Like yeah, that two, won't be alarming.
3: Yeah, those two are yours. Third I'll t- one. I'll mm-hmm. take sunglasses
2: just in case. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then Saber, I mean, you will, you've been a ghost for a while. No one's questioned it?
1: Mm, I mean, yeah, but (laughs) nobody made like a news broadcast about looking out for freaky deekies.
3: True. Just try not to like float as
1: much. Penny, you think you could re-up my ectoplasm today just to cover our bases? Yeah, of course. Sweet. And then Saber reaches over towards a coffee cup that's resting on the counter and like a cat pushes it onto the floor and smashes it. And then um the little ghost coffee cup that raises up out of it. She grabs and fills with coffee and sits down and starts drinking it.
3: So, breakfast Sophie dogs are done. Where's Vesper? Oh, Vesper. Mm, let's scream for them to wake up. Vesper! <laughs>
2: wake up.
1: Breakfast you- is uh, ready. Uh, uh! <laughs> You hear the intercom, the house intercom, kind of like, and you hear Jeff Lynn's voice saying, um, good morning. Vesper's down in the lab with me. And they said, uh, what's that? I'm not going to say what they said, but
4: (laughs) I think they'll pass
1: on breakfast.
3: Oh, okay. Well, there is some tofu dogs for breakfast if anyone wants some. But, um, if y'all want to listen to our game plan for today, feel free to come up because we're going to discuss.
1: We'll be right there.
3: Perfect. Bye.
1: So we cut (laughs) to moments later. Yes. Everyone seated around the big Lynn kitchen table, slurping on tofu dogs and eggs. Mm Mm-mm. And orange juice.
3: Mm, a lot of OJ. Except Vesper,
1: who is eating plain white toast and orange juice.
3: Ah, that's so Vesper. Of course they are. No fun. Okay. Well, thank you all for being here.
1: Jeff says, I live here.
3: (laughs) Thank you for being here Thank for you. emotional support too. Of course. Um, so we have some pressing matters for today. I'm just gonna take the reins, in this meeting is that okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Angel's gonna stand up. There's just a <laughs> board. There's a there's a what do you call it? A whiteboard. A whiteboard. Thank you. Or are we chalkboard? Let's do a whiteboard. Okay.
1: It's actually a chalkboard, and then you grab it by the top and spin it around, and there's a whiteboard on the other side. Perfect.
3: Thank you for for covering all the bases. (laughs) Um, So Angela starts writing game plan to make time good again, and then um, we start discussing our game plan.
1: So Vesper raises their hand.
3: uh, You have a question before we even started?
1: I have a question about grammar on the whiteboard.
3: Okay. We'll address this later.
1: Save my questions for the end?
3: Yes, for the end. Terrific. So, Flo told us that in order to make time good again, we needed to have a witch head, two witch heads, two witch head machines. So, we've got that all, right? Check. Done. So, now we need something from everybody who's been affected by this time glitch. So, Zeke, maybe Penny's third eye, um, Cliff, rest in peace. um, Our best friend. And then, (laughs) supposedly... Chanel, and then, Penny, you said in your dream you saw four of these creatures? Yes. Okay. So that, that means there's got to be two other people out there that we don't know about that have been affected by the spaceship and have probably turned into something similar to what Cliff looks like.
2: Well, you put out something on social media, right? Did you ever hear anything back? Oh, I should
4: check.
1: Yeah, you, Angela, you check your DMs on Insta Scramble. And you see that you have a couple of messages from your net friend, Conspiratista37. Uh, And they have responded with a message that says, Hey, I thought I was the only one looking into this. Turns out that some of the local weather radar picked up the pieces of debris as they were dropping off of the spaceship. And you see below that is a Google Earth screen cap with four stars kind of imposed on it all along what is now the scar through the center of Chillhaven, marking out where those pieces of debris split off from the ship and are thought to have fallen.
3: Cool. So just checked my phone and look, it looks like we have a lead. So, this is a good start. We know where Cliff lives, and I mean, it's not going to be that hard to figure out. I mean, when we went to Cliff's, it was all overgrown and jungly, and that's exactly what it looked like at the spaceship site. So, couldn't be that hard to figure it out, right? Right. So, Penny and I are going to go and do this. Saber, Vesper, do you want to come along?
1: Saber says she takes a big sip of ghost coffee. I... We'll have to check my calendar, but yeah, I'll come with you.
3: Okay. Yay. Yay. Vesper. Um, It would be a great bonding experience. It really would, and we could, you're so smart. We're not
2: like, you might like us more than you like Zeke.
1: I'm going to pass. Oh. I don't want to mm-hmm. get turned into, well, like Zeke, Um, but I'm going to do something. You,
2: you I'm what? sorry? Can you speak up just a little?
1: <laughs> I'm going to do something. You made us something? Jeff says, We made you something! It was Vesper's idea. <laughs> you <laughs> got us a
2: present?
1: Vesper. What is it? Well, so Zeke discovered that all of the people and stuff that's been affected by the ship are suffused with rogue chronitons.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So Jeff and I worked together and we made a chronoton detector.
2: <gasps> Thank that's you. That's so
1: nice. It's not much Better than a compass, but it's a compass that will hopefully point you to, in the direction of time creatures.
3: <sighs> Thanks, Sweet. Vesper. Sweet. Um, Angela puts her hand out to accept the gift.
1: Vesper places a little iPod-sized metallic device in your hand, and it's got a little screen on it uh, with a very simple, like Nintendo Game and Watch-style display. And Jeff says, it's super easy. You point this thing in the direction that you think a monster might be, and if there's one there, it beeps. And if you get closer, it beeps faster.
3: Perfect. If you get
1: further away, it beeps less fast.
3: Okay, so there's different variants of detecting this. So
1: Yeah, kind of like... um." You know that game where you know where something is and someone else doesn't know where it is. And if they walk closer to it, you tell them that they're getting hot.
3: Yeah, like hot- But if they
1: walk further away, you tell them that they're getting colder. Yep, familiar with that game. Think of it like that, except instead of a person saying hot, it's a machine that's beeping. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Angela walks over and gives
3: Uncle Jeff a hug. Thank you.
1: Oh, well, you're welcome. Like I said, it was all Vesper's idea.
3: Thank you, Vesper. And Angela tries to go in for a hug too.
1: Uh, Vesper puts their arms up (laughs) at their sides to try and protect themselves from the hug.
3: (laughs) Angela sees this and decides not to invade their personal space and just says, okay, thank you, and just crosses her arms.
1: (laughs) Zeke Lynn. (laughs) Your eyes flutter gently open. You are feeling... A bit groggy, uh, which you attribute to the lingering effects of the goon gas. hmm yes. But physiologically, you feel more or less fine. You, uh, you blink awake and uh, rub your eyes a bit and push through a bit of that grogginess to take in your surroundings. Your surroundings being a sterile, white-walled cell. Nothing else present except for a utilitarian cot, sink, and toilet.
0: I think when young Zeke opens his eyes, Old Zeke is, uh, I think they both open their eyes at the same time, but Old Zeke gets alert a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And says, uh, hmm? Ah, what? Oh, oh dear. Wake up! Wake up, little one, wake up! Ow, 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 I'm not little, I'm just younger than you. Um, I think we're in a prison. I think we're in a lab prison. I think they caught us. Yeah, no shit they caught us. We got,
1: oh, man. Heck? 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 You get no response. Hmm.
3: What did you do? Is he not in the room? In the jail cell?
1: He's not in the room. No!
0: Uh, there, is there a door to this cell? There is. Is there, like, a window on the door?
1: Um. So, yeah, four sterile walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ...with one heavy metal door in which there is a, a porthole-style window.
0: Okay. Zeke is going to push the cot towards the door and stand on the cot and peek out the window. Mm-hmm. You peek out the window.
1: Old Zeke. Young Zeke tries to scoot in for a look, but old Zeke's like, No, just let me look! You see an empty hallway, and you see a smattering of other identical doors white hallway, white doors, kind of like a silver metal ring around like a glass porthole in each door. Some of the these doors uh, have plaques or labels beside them, but they're all too distant. You can't read them from where you are. And then as old Zeke's face is pressed against this window, he sees walking up from the right two science goons accompanied by Meredith Indigo. two goons and Meredith Indigo stop in front of your door. Meredith sees you or sees old Zeke and you see her gesture to the goons who beep boop beep on a little keypad and you hear the door unlock. Uh,
0: the Zeke's uh, scramble down from the cot and head to the far wall of the room. I'm going to say, can I say hiding under the sink? I mean, not hiding, <laughs> hiding but just, you know, sink. kind of Guarded under the uh, sink.
1: Yeah, the uh, the two goons push the door open and both kind of st- take a step in and then step out to the sides, leaving the doorway open, mm-hmm. so that, that Meredith Indigo can walk in to your cell.
0: Young Zeke is trying his best to like hide his head behind Old Zeke's head, sure. just like
1: oh. Meredith kind of tilts her head and then crouches down so that she's staring directly at old Zeke on his level through mm-hmm. her impenetrable science goggles. Mm-hmm. And she says, Dr. Lynn, I'm so glad you could join us. It's an honor.
0: Yes. <laughs> I imagine it is, Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> Old Zeke is, like, not breaking gaze with the science goggles, like, chin held high, while young Zeke is still just, like, covering his face with his one hand of the body, just like,
1: "Uh, don't don't look down here. It's fine. I apologize about how you were welcomed to my facility, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure you understand you did try to uh, invade my facility. I did no such thing, and you can't prove it. (laughs) (laughs) She, uh...
3: Andy rolled the tapes. Sorry. She she doesn't
1: laugh. You're not sure she can, uh, but she does crack a smile. And she says, um, please come with me. We have quite a bit to talk about.
0: Yes, I I think we do. But also, where are we going?
1: (laughs) I would like to show you what we've made together.
0: I don't. I think this is a good idea.
1: I've got this. (laughs) Lead the
0: way. I don't know what other option is there. Well, Zeke is doing his best to puff their chest out, but again, he only has control of one half of the body. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of got like, he's just leaning to one side because young Zeke is still cowering the other half of their body.
1: Okay. Yeah, Meredith and her two goons exit the cell and begin heading down the hallway.
0: Wait one minute.
1: Where is Heck? Heck's in the facility. We'll be seeing him momentarily.
0: Okay.
3: I don't like this.
0: I don't like it either, but I didn't want to be in the cell. The Zeeks follow her trepidatiously.
4: Okay.
3: Trepidatiously. Kind of
0: walking with a limp because it's like confidence step drags the other foot. Confidence (laughs) step drags the other foot.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Meredith says, um, well, as much of a catastrophe as this ship crash has been. Honestly, perhaps it was for the best, Dr. Lin. We wouldn't have gotten your message at all if the Prospect Quandary hadn't landed here.
0: Yes. What?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of course. You are a uh, product of time divergence. Who knows what memories or knowledge you would maintain from your timeline. Uh Uh-huh. It was a radio that we found that did it. Uh-huh. Y'all are um, now move out of this hallway and into a kind of like long wide work area. Uh, You see a mix of human scientists and science goons here now working on various electronic devices standing in front of screens with clipboards. I'm
0: just picturing the science goons just, like, picking stuff up and slamming it on the table yeah. while the scientists go, No, no,
4: no! <laughs>
1: <laughs> People with, like, beakers mixing things yeah. back and forth between them. Uh-huh. Uh, and everyone, every, like, human scientist that you pass, uh, you see, look at you and you hear them, like, muttering to each other.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Near the crash site, a portable radio was infected with the time disarray that has infected so much of our town. It caused the radio to become displaced within the greater timeline. That was how we first received your message.
0: Yes, of course. Let me hear it again from from your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I want to relive how
1: how important it was. Meredith gives you a sidelong glance and another little smirk and she says um at first we didn't understand what we were hearing the mathematical calculations the instructions that you were giving to us it was outside the bounds of even what we've researched here at my state-of-the-art facility
0: old zeke nods knowingly she Mm -hmm, gestures mm -hmm.
1: around her to the facility yes (laughs) yes she pauses for a moment like she's waiting for a compliment for her facility Oh, yes, it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> At first, we thought maybe you were speaking in some sort of code, or that it was just the garbled ramblings of a madman, divorced from time and coherent thought. <laughs> Couldn't be that. <laughs> but myself and my crack team were eventually able to put it together. We okay. understood that you were giving us instructions. Uh huh. Construction on the device began immediately thereafter.
0: Right. The device. The one that I told you how to make. I've made so many devices. Which one was it again?
1: She continues to lead you through this underground facility. You catch glimpses now of a cage with a chupacabra inside of it being prodded with a taser by a science
3: gun.
0: No.
1: You see uh, another great big screen with footage of a cell just like the one that you were in with an unidentifiable individual pacing in a circle, lighting themselves on fire and then putting themselves out again and engulfing themselves in flame and then putting themselves out again. And Meredith says, as I'm sure you're both well aware, the prospect quandary return to Earth absolutely drenched in rogue chronotons.
0: Yes, we are well aware of that situation. Yep. It's wonderful.
1: Chronotons, as again, I'm sure you're well aware, are the quantum particles of time.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Well, it had never occurred to us, but as your instructions from the future made clear, similar to how one can build a device to observe distant photons, I'm talking, of course, about a telescope. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> we were able to build a device, again, with your instruction, that allowed us to observe distant chronotons. And with this device, see into the future as easily as a telescope sees into distant space.
0: Oh, good.
1: What'd you see? Ah. Well, we saw exactly what you needed us to see, Dr. Lin. I'll show you yourself shortly. But first, behold. And now you've uh, entered into a large domed circular room. Computer monitors all along the walls. Everything here, all the technology has like a rounded white plastic 70s sci-fi aesthetic to it. Uh-huh. Big rounded monitors sleek plastic shelled computer banks. There's a smattering of scientists sitting in rolling chairs along the walls, typing at keyboards. And then in the center of the room is a massive orb of a computer, out of which are extending what look like two Tron-style helmets and gloves, both attached to thick clusters of wires. You also see Standing beside this machine, heck gently, and Dick Spangler. (gasps) And Meredith says, behold, my chronoscope. (gasps) Or should I say, Dr. Lin, our chronoscope.
4: originally built with parts of a chronoscope oh no wait it was an oscilloscope there was a cool wavy line on it whenever i talked oh memories reminds me of that one time when i read the credits oh wait that's this time let's go penny white is performed by bess lawson angela patekis jr is performed by Megan stressman Zeke Lynn is performed by James Kedlar, who is also the sound designer and composer for the podcast. Heavy Other, Living Thing in Chilhaven is performed by Philip Stressman, who is also the producer and game master. Our introduction was performed by Ethan Waldron. Additional sound effects provided by zapsplat.com. Monster of the Week tabletop game created by Michael Sands. Well, I gotta go! I'm gonna ask Jeff for that cool wavey like that!